0: Well, welcome back to the Seinfeld Podcast, Craig, Chris, and Laura. Chris and Laura, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Well, it's been a long time for me. I'm trying to get back into the groove here. Um, Been off for a few weeks with work things, but back at it. And uh, just in time for the season three finale, The Keys. So this is a really uh, not a cliffhanger type episode, but sort of an interesting episode where some things are happening with Kramer and his life. Um, and first and foremost, a, a little montage starts the episode where Kramer is more than normal getting in the way of Jerry and his apartment there. Um, and in this situation, Jerry decides to uh, revoke Kramer's privileges of having his, uh, his other keys, his house keys. Um, you know, Laura, what did you think about this, this premise? Even for a Seinfeld episode, you know, is it a little flimsy or does it make, does it make sense to you?
1: you know it might be a little flimsy simply because it always seems the door's unlocked <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know yes. suddenly maybe you know cuz it's not always in the middle of the night that we're seeing him going in um but you know now that we now that i think about it i f- i think there's three se- three times they get, he gets busted once is in the middle of the night <laughs> which is to me the
0: best um right when he's getting the uh, uh, popcorn right? yeah
1: and uh, then when he's out with the girl and yeah. then what was the other one he, he was returning with the, yeah
0: he was returning from a comedy show probably and, and Kramer uh, was, was taking a bath as <laughs> Jerry was a trying rash. to get in and go to the bathroom yeah <laughs> so those so. are you know those are certainly three situations where you would probably say okay enough's enough yeah. especially with with Jerry and Kramer's relationship, although they're friends, there are times where it's a little friction between the two, especially as Kramer, like, hey, can I use this or can I use this or I need to use this or he just takes something and uses it. Um, but um, in this ca- in this case, you know, you're right. I think it does sort of not make as much sense because we're used to seeing Jerry's apartment pretty much always open, and if it's not mm-hmm. open, someone's being buzzed in, and then he leaves the door halfway open for them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little strange, you know, that the keys are such a big issue here. Um, but I guess it, it, in this time period where you're pre cell phone era, where you can't just text people. This is probably like the next closest thing to like an emergency contact that you would have outside of a phone number where you're, you know, giving people a set of your keys to your apartment or to your home. That way, if something ever is needed, whether it's for them to go check your mail or do something. They can go and let you in if you get locked out mm-hmm. but uh yeah you know for, for me this episode's really fun and we'll get to some of the parts here um, with this episode that i think are some of the best and maybe even some of the better scenes in seinfeld up to this point at least um but in this uh episode you know kramer is is banished if you will and then that creates a string of events where everybody who has an extra set of keys is sort of banished to the next person. That's the only part that really didn't make sense, even though it was kind of funny how everybody was playing this musical chairs with the key the backup keys for everybody else, where Jerry and Elaine are debating on a set of keys. And then, you know, Elaine's like, Well, now I gotta take my set from George. And then, of course, you know, Kramer pulls out this, you know, very comically funny set of keys. In which he takes from Jerry, because of course Jerry has taken his keys away, so I'm gonna take my keys back. And this is this is one part where Jerry <laughs> with a straight face just gives him this the large set of like the closest thing you could you could think of as a janitor set of keys where they have keys to every room in the in the school, and he gives them keys back to to Kramer as if nothing's out of the ordinary that he's giving yeah. this random neighbor a humongous set with probably a dozen or two dozen keys on it. Oh, yeah, that tons. was a really, a very subtle but funny moment in this episode. What'd you think of that? It, it's just, it's amazing how many keys there
1: were. And he just, and the best, to be the best part is he take, Kramer takes the keys back. And he's so irritated that he lost his key privileges. He's like, he's like actively counting to make sure all <laughs> the keys are there. Yes. I mean there's like there's probably 200 keys on that ring yeah, yeah. it was a huge it's amount insane. of keys and, Jared, of, yeah. and when um i have it on the, in the background when george is over at elaine's house he's holding it up like it's it's the size of a like a tambourine you know yeah
0: yeah <laughs> and again no one ever calls into question ah, these keys and i think that's the brilliance of that yeah. It would have been, were it would have been easy for them to just point that out. Like, why do you have so many keys? You know, and and that's the idea though, is that it's Kramer, so you should sort of yeah. expect the unexpected, <laughs> and you would expect him to have a key just littered with just various keys and who knows what they go to. Yeah. But it's like a classic Kramer thing, and I, I think that was a very funny, subtle, and hilarious part, especially when he starts counting to make sure that all the keys are there.
1: Yeah. I mean it's so funny to me because like I actively try to leave to get keys off of my key ring. Right. You know? yep. I I have I currently have four keys and it drives me crazy, you know, cuz there's yep. one of them that I never use. But I know somehow some way this door it's it's to our screen door and the side door. And I know someone sometime is gonna lock this door and I'm gonna have, need to open it with a key, but yeah. oh, I can't stand having it on there, you know? And Chris, you know, here's this, yeah. I mean, what does he do when yeah. he leaves the house? Where are they, Are they? Yeah. does he have them on the belt? I don't know.
0: Yeah.
2: If he does, Chris, he can have
0: to fall down. Chris, do you, do you have a lot of keys?
2: I used to, I don't anymore, but I, I'm confused about something in general. Okay. I I know it's a TV show. I know you know we have spare keys because it's part of a show. And but in real life, I, do you have any spare keys, or have you? Does anybody have else have keys to your house? If you do, it's okay. But I'm trying to think of how that works today.
1: Well, me and my the only person that has another key to my house is my is my husband. You know,
2: right? I used
1: cool. to. It used to be that my mom my mom and dad had a set of keys and they were hanging on a little key rack in their bedroom Mm.
2: okay
1: but then when i got married Um, my dad was gone i'm I'm
0: kind of i'm kind of the same where just like my wife and i have a, a key to the apartment although i will say that when we first moved down here my wife wanted to get extra keys made to be able to access our vehicle in the event that we needed to because if you're you know if you're living eight hours away from family you can't just call family to come pick you up or set, you know bring you an extra set of your keys so Mm -hmm. um so that was one thing that we did do but yeah i mean apartment key i mean i'm looking at my keys right now i actually have like an everyday use key ring where i have like the apartment car and my work keys and then i have a second set that i would use if we go home to ohio where it would have like access to like mom and dad's houses so you know but i don't really take that around unless we're going home with it to ohio i used to keep um when i worked
1: in my first job out of college i was on the other side of town from where my parents lived and i kept a house or apartment key excuse me i kept an apartment key in my desk drawer at work (laughs) because i figured i knew there was a code to get into the building And I figured I would be able to get in there to get my key if I ever needed it.
0: Yeah. So we have a a big chain of events here with the keys. Uh, Everybody's kind of jostling for position on who's going to have what backup set. Why wouldn't it seem easier just to have all of your friends that come to your apartment have keys? I mean, especially for Jerry living right next door to Kramer, wouldn't it make sense for Jerry to allow Kramer to have? A set of keys just because he's right next door, and if he's ever in a bind, he's got his not next door neighbor in. is usually there. I know it's, I know it was a hassle to have Kramer not with that he's set hopping out yeah. of the bedroom with yeah. the girl getting dressed. <laughs>
1: yes, you know,
2: yes, that yeah, was I, I,
1: troublesome thing.
2: I, I mean, I know they're the big four, you know, with Elaine and Kramer, Jerry and George are all friends, but you always get to feel in the back of your head when you're first watching the show that they may not be friends for that much longer. So you don't want to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't understand. But parents. why have
0: one person have a set and not the others? Like, if you're, oh yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're Jerry, he made it seem like George never had a set of keys, and George and him have been best friends for how long now? I mean,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: that doesn't really make as much sense. I mean, I could see the the sequence playing out with Kramer being like, "Well, I want my keys back." And you'd have a fun laugh because it's a huge set of keys and everything. But it seemed odd that then it kind of, you know, unraveled into this story of everybody else jostling for position on who has whose keys when you would have thought that George and Jerry would have had sets of keys for each other. Maybe not Elaine and everybody, but, you know, I mean, George and Jerry at least, right?
2: Right. Right. I just, you know, I hate to say this because we've all gotten to know each other. We're doing a podcast together. Want to continue? It excited to meet you guys every week. But if the three of us live close to get each other, I'm sorry, you're not getting my keys. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't want to offend any of you, but I just, yeah. I, I mean, w- would you give me your keys? I'm not sure if you would. Well, no, but I mean, I would like. Okay,
0: I mean, my best friend since, you know, since I was nine years old, I would give him a set of my keys. <laughs> You know, I mean, someone that I've known for almost 30 years, I would certainly give a set of keys to.
2: Here's where I think we need to make a distinction. Like, my parents, I had a set of keys to their house because they got to the point where it's good to check in on. And there's always the fear of if they weren't able to answer the door because of health, it might be good to get in the the door. I would never give the parents, my parents a set of keys to my house because they popped in unexpectedly. I mean, it's seven o'clock. You're doing the only thing again, knocking the door. Right. Hey there, how you doing? And uh, Craig, I think we talked about this on another podcast where I don't want to answer the door at all. I'm starting not even answer right. my phone if I don't recognize the phone number on it. Right. And, right. you know, and, and, okay, great. It's your parents. Of all the people, who could stop by your parents are a welcome thing, but call first. So I would imagine okay. if the, my parents had said keys to the house, they wouldn't just come over at an opportunity time to so probably open the door. Hey, how you doing? Like you know. <laughs> And Don't you wonder
1: what's going on in Chris's house now? Yeah, I do. Now. Well, it's
2: it's been a rocky day at Chris's house. So yeah. I, I'm sure talking about this after we were talking about what we talked about beforehand, it probably makes it a little bit more confusing to Lauren yeah. and Craig. But that's okay. You so. know, I did
1: think of something while you guys were talking. Okay. Oh. When I I when I took a job in Canton, I was mm-hmm. living up in Euclid, and we never sold our house. And. When I was down there, I remember. I just remembered that I did give a key to my house to a guy that I know. Okay. He's a Euclid police officer. Okay. I figured so you you know, that was like the, the safest oh. thing I could ever do yeah. is give it to a cop. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. yeah.
2: So. Well, that's that's not it, a bad idea. You knew the guy, right? It wasn't I like did. you just said. the yes. <laughs> <laughs> Random <laughs> police officer. The key yeah. to my house. <laughs> Oh, well
0: it, it's it's funny because you know kramer being relieved of his uh you know key holder duties actually sort of inspired him as we uh one of my favorite scenes we were talking laura and i were talking before we we, we got on here one of my favorite scenes in seinfeld at least up to this point in the third season um but maybe even one of the all-time seinfeld great scenes kramer and george at the at the cafe talking about sort of life and their prospects and george is down on his luck as he normally is in this in this show where he's jobless he's getting no no prospects whatsoever and kramer kind of gives him some tough love here which i thought was fun because we know kramer's a little bit more blunt than other people and you know he, he kind of inspires himself and maybe somewhat george but mostly himself to it's a sort of get out of the routine of being where he's at. And he decides that he wants to pursue his acting career after his brief appearance in a Woody Allen film, where of course the, the pretzels are making him thirsty. So George is, you know, asked about all of his prospects and there's no reason for getting up in you know, the morning. And of course he likes to read the daily news, but, um, one of my favorite scenes, between, especially between Kramer and George, those two really never shared the screen separately or solo together. But um, what did you make of that scene, Laura, where, where Kramer has this epiphany and George is kind of even down further into the grave here a little bit? Oh, I loved it.
1: I love it. I wrote it down, actually. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a job? Do you have any money? Do you have a woman? Do you have any prospects? anything on the horizon any action at all any conceivable reason for getting up in the morning is the best and everything is no no i like to get the daily news
0: (laughs) it's just a fun scene because it's like the classic like george is still hanging hanging on to something and it happens to be the daily news you know it's yeah nothing else it's just the daily news but uh a very funny scene, one of my favorites uh, with Kramer that's non-physical comedy related. And also oh. the question of, do you yearn? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: what the hell ever that means, do you yes. yearn, is right there. Yeah. i just, just say. It. Hey, <laughs> let me bring this up real quick because we want to talk about Netflix a little bit at the end. Um, the other thing I could think of, Craig, was Murphy Brown. You know, you talk oh. about it mm-hmm. ends with Kramer going to see Murphy Brown. I'm, I'm blown away. Even in this internet age, where you know maybe we could write a spec script, put it on Twitter or Facebook, and somebody picks it up.
0: Yeah.
2: I I wonder why Elaine. Unless you're just writing fan fiction, how, you know, was Elaine just doing this for fun? Did Elaine really think maybe it got picked up? I was a little bit confused by Elaine. Well, she works in the
0: publishing industry, so you know okay. you've got to you've got to assume that. You know, she's certainly more than capable of writing, and, you know, maybe with that, maybe she's fond of, of TV and wants to write some TV scripts. So, you know, I, I don't think it's far-fetched. I, I think that, you know, Jerry and George, when they discover this Murphy Brown script, probably made it a little bit too over-the-top of how how strange it was, because she she does work in publishing, and her, okay. her father is an accomplished writer, so, it, you know... Yeah. It wouldn't be surprising. The other thing to
1: keep in mind is this period of television was very impactful on society. Yeah. With especially with Murphy Brown. You know, Murphy Brown having a child out of wedlock was like in the mainstream media with Quayle, you know, ripping her apart, you know, the vice president ripping her apart, you know.
2: And just think so that, it, at that time, that was the craziest thing on TV. I was like, yeah, oh my gosh. that was yeah." <laughs> I mean, right now. We don't buy. Yeah. No,
1: no. I mean, Matt, I was thinking about that today, that um, just the idea of of that and how absurd it was back then, you know, to right. think about not I mean, not that she was going to have a baby, but, you know, that the, pre- the vice president was talking about it, you know, and I had in my um and uh, do you ever do either of you guys use uh, Timehop, that app that um, gives yeah. you like goes through your social media history and all your postings oh, this and reminds like you about stuff? Yeah. 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 And one of mine, I honestly don't. I think it was yesterday, was um, that I was reacting to when um, it was right around the Trayvon Martin time. It, well, it was like the trial was just starting, and. Um, Obama was talking about how many times he was on a press a news conference, and he was talking about how many times he had been racially profiled,
2: yeah in, yeah.
1: in society and yeah. I was like I was reacting I'm like, well, I never thought I would see something like this, you know, an American president talking about you know being pulled over because he was black, you know right. <laughs> and you know it's just so much has changed since then, you know right. so I, I I thought it was really interesting that she that when she was on the show, it was during that controversial time.
2: Yeah, because I take nothing away from her. I mean, we all could write a TV script. Elaine being publishing could have easily read TV script. I always wonder, though, in terms of how you get that to the right people. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, Elaine's well equipped to write a script, not uh, mocking mm-hmm. that. It's just even like with us being in news, um, you know, we could write, we could write a script for anything, but. Do we know the right people to get it? I mean, maybe in our business we might have a connection to Hollywood or stuff like that. But, yeah, it, that kind of struck me. But, again, it was all for the show. It was all funny. And I, I liked Murphy Brown. And I liked how Murphy went through probably a, a billion secretaries over the lifetime of the show. And Kramer <laughs> was one of them, which, which was, I, yeah. I thought it was well-suited. If, yeah. you know, the Kramer character really went to Murphy Brown and was really on the show, that's the role Kramer would be in. So it was a perfect role for yes. Kramer.
0: And I love his, his typing, that he was uh, really yes. hitting that word count there on Murphy yes. Brown's desk. <laughs> yes, Not definitely. sure any of the words were spelled right, but he certainly hit the word count. But uh, that was funny, and uh, she said she had a good feeling about him, which, you know, obviously he probably didn't. But uh, <laughs> I, overall, though, I think a really fun episode. Um, you know, what did you guys think overall? I mean, is this is this sort of like one of those upper echelon Seinfelds for you?
2: Eh, it's top half for me. I mean, not blowing me away, but it was definitely top half, and it, which is good after uh, there's a couple of swing and misses that Lauren and I talked about in the past few weeks. So it was good to have an upper half one. Uh,
1: so she was, her baby was born in, um, so when, when Murphy was pregnant, I, I meant to look this up earlier and I didn't, but when Murphy was pregnant, she was um, she was not pregnant in real life. Her baby was already had been born in 1985, so she was a little bit a little older. But um, Julia Louis Dreyfus was pregnant in this episode. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Um, well,
0: what, what do you, how do you make this episode? I mean, is this uh, it's a top? Probably,
1: probably around the same as Chris. You know, I would say. Um, it there's this episode like we were talking earlier about, and I think I've mentioned this last week with Chris is. That I confused the timing of these episodes, you know, just because of the, you know, the way everything just flows into each other when you watch it on streaming. But um, it there's a lot of stuff in these episodes, these next like this episode and the next two that, like, shows up in a lot of clip shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you know, um, especially when they go to California, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, our next episode will be the uh, this is season three's finale it sort of ends on a cliffhanger with kramer getting his acting career going and season four starts with a two-part episode the trip as jerry gets ready to appear on the tonight show in los angeles and george goes with him and they both look for kramer um obviously we will be streaming on netflix the home of seinfeld Netflix has been in the news a lot this year and, and sometimes not for very good reasons, Chris. Uh, they've lost a lot of subscribers this year. Uh, a lot of people are, are kind of getting tired of the issues that they're they're coming out with, with password cracking down. They are experimenting early next year with a tiered system of advertising. This will be the first time in Netflix history that they'll offer an ad supported platform. Uh, part of their their lineup what do you make of that moving forward here for
2: netflix i i I think it's okay i mean the more options you can give people i mean you know from previous talks you know laura said before a podcast she's okay with commercials i think craig in the past it's okay you've talked about how you you kind of like the no ads if you could so you know you give people options which is good i mean i think the bigger issue? I mean, the Netflix is credit, at least they come out with more original shows. Now, the quality of them sometimes isn't the greatest, but at least they have more original stuff. But I think we're kind of getting streamed out. I mean, there's a ton of options out there. And yeah, everyone has their favorite that they like, but you know, to make these streaming services really make money, you want to be that streaming service that everybody wants. And I think Netflix is still the number one choice, but there's so much other stuff. I think there's people like me. I mean, I'm, I love the streaming, but I dropped Netflix just because I wasn't watching that much. There was so much else out there, so I, I, I think that's going to be the issue, uh, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, you know, Laura, you talked about uh, maybe going to the ad support. You know, not really, Matt. You know, not really a big issue with you. You know, having commercials. You know, is this is this something that you think is going to inspire a lot of new subscribers for Netflix, or do you think people are kind of like, well, you know, I'd I don't rather know, have it?
1: I think. I, I will be honest that part of the reason that I'm okay with it is because I have way too many streaming services yeah. right now. Like I have Hulu, I have Paramount Plus, um, I'm, I use Peacock, and there's probably another one that I use that has commercials right. already. So it's not unusual for me. Um, it doesn't really bother me that much i wish on a couple of them i wish the placements made a little more sense yeah. you know i don't think they work i don't think they're trying that hard to make them make sense <laughs> right, <laughs> you right. Know, when you know you know unless you're watching. i mean if you're watching a movie i can understand because i you know movies are not set up with natural breaks in them right you know when you don't break um in a when you put a commercial in a place where there really wasn't a break for a commercial, it seems odd to me. But I mean, yeah. I don't care, they, um, Chris and I were talking, or we were talking earlier about, you know, the fact that I also have YouTube TV for, you know, I got rid of cable and went we went to that because we were on some basic crappy cable thing where we had like 25 cable channels and Including and you know, regular broadcast channels were included in that total, and it was stupid because I didn't really want any of those channels that we had, and we couldn't get the ones that I wanted. And I, you know, now when I watch YouTube TV, we have the weirdest commercials you've ever seen, and you're, I mean, it's all these weird products that you've never seen before, you know, (laughs) right? It's, I mean, it's fine, you know, it's. I don't care. You know, yeah. it doesn't bother me that much. I would rather save money, you know, than, you know, worry. Maybe yeah. and it's again, you know, I was going to drop, I had, um, I I got Showtime a couple a few years ago, because I wanted to watch uh, Ray Donovan. Right. So when, after the Ray Donovan movie, which was the final thing in the show so far, I was like, well, it's time to get rid of Showtime. So I went to get rid of it and they offered me, a deal to package it with hulu and it was yeah. cheaper than what i was paying for hulu you know so yeah. i'm like you hey, you know yeah <laughs> it yeah might have been, been paramount plus yeah.
0: yeah yeah i think the um the issue I, I you know netflix i don't think is losing subscribers because of password sharing i mean that's been going on since no. netflix has been netflix I think they're losing subscribers because there's more competition and I think there's a perception of quality versus quantity mm-hmm. with the quantity being Netflix and there's very little quality and you've got all these other streamers that are kind of closing the gap with quality and you know yeah they're going to be the last to the to the show here with an ad supported HBO has gone ad supported Hulu has ad supported Paramount Peacock has yeah. ad support. Disney doesn't have ad support, but they're also not that expensive, so yeah. I don't think Disney really looks at it like they need to have ad support. I will but, say um, I probably will drop
1: yeah. Disney when if they ever back out of that um, package that they offered when they when they first got Hamilton.
0: Yeah, you know, well,
1: which well, was we'll Hulu. To, Hamil- yeah. It was Hulu, Disney, and some weird ESPN, it, station ESPN that it never was had. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's not going to go away. They own, you know, Disney owns Hulu and they own ESP. Now, they have thought about selling Hulu, but, you know, they own Hulu and that's where they can put more of their adult content on there. And then, yeah. of course, ESPN Plus gives them their sports avenues. So I think D- Disney Plus, you know, bundling with those three kind of, you know, is a solid quality, you know, partnership there. And I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything drastic there. But um, yeah, I well, mean, I'll take
2: it, I'll take a step further. I think you're going to yeah. see a lot more packaging as time goes on. I wish, I was, yeah. Um, well, I would I, I mean, would like that. It's happening right now. Like with Hulu Live TV, they give you Disney and they give you this ESPN Plus as part of the package and as part of the regular mm-hmm. price. Like you know, it's not add on or anything, right? And I, I think I mean, could you imagine if like, and I don't see Google and Netflix teaming up, but. If you had like a partnership like that, man, what would that mean? I mean, you know, that can mean a lot more subscribers.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest concern, though, is like you've got HBO is a Warner Brothers property. Right. Paramount Plus is a Paramount Viacom property. And then Peacock is a universal property. So you're talking about like three pillars of the movie industry in television industry That all want their piece of the pie, and I don't think you would ever see unless one of those streamers just absolutely tanked and had to sell. I I just I find it hard to believe that those would be partnerships out there because you know everybody wants to hoard their own and they want to make their own money and you know as a Warner Brothers you know property you can make a lot of money off of HBO and HBO Max because that Warner Brothers title comes with decades worth of, of film and television yeah. that are some of the most well-known movies and TV out there. And right. so, you know, Paramount has that. With Paramount's but, you know, the Paramount same way. And even Universal. So right. the biggest thing I think you're seeing is, and also too, is people are taking their things away from Netflix. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, when you have a, a Warner Brothers produced film, that's not going to go to netflix in all likelihood or if it does it won't go very often or maybe once every couple of years or whatever it'll it'll cycle through but these people are really saying we're gonna we're gonna hoard our own stuff and we're not going to give it away and that is how netflix made a lot of money in the heyday yes because before they could afford to produce their own original content they were partnering up with these studios and now the studios are shutting that down so if you want to watch you know top gun maverick good luck finding it unless you're on paramount plus when it gets on the streaming because it's not going anywhere else it might go with depending on the hbo um you know they still do new movie premieres and things like that you know after their six month theater run or whatever but odds are you're gonna have to have paramount plus to watch top gun maverick and that's what studios are doing now is they're trying to reinvest into better content so then that way you're not just subscribing to Paramount Plus because you can watch Top Gun Maverick and then churn and, and cancel it. They want you to keep going. So they're yeah. gonna keep producing better programming, better TV and movies to try to attract you in and keep you there. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know, I gotta say one of the things, like for me, what diminishes Netflix is so much of their stuff that made it what it was is over or going away.
2: Yeah, you, you know? get ripped crap way like, too quick.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'm not even talking that. I'm talking like um, Ozark is over. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Grace and Frankie is over. Um, there's no more. Uh, what's the Shits Creek? But you know, like, all these things that I would yeah. go there for because I knew I could rely on them to have them. Right. What well, they talk about. Nothing that, new. Right? You know, there's sure. nothing new coming, and these weirdo. They, it seems, I shouldn't say this, I shouldn't say it like this, but, you know, all these weird, like, Christmas-type movies, you know, these yeah. low-budget Christmas movies are there. You know, it's just, I don't want any of that stuff, you know?
2: Well, well they talk about, if you're into Stranger Things, like, season four comes out, and they're expecting a boost just for that season alone. Sure, yeah. But, yeah. but Lord, to your point...
1: But it's going to be gone after one more season, right?
2: Yeah, possible. I, I didn't know, but when... I thought they me. said... I thought season five is
0: the last I heard. Yeah, and it will be. uh, Was that Netflix's choice or is that the actor's choice? Netflix. A a lot of Netflix. Netflix has a history of if something is ultra popular, don't expect it to stay around very long because it's great because you get the the, the audience, but guess what? When you get the audience, actors want more money. You've got more more production budget you have to invest in. That's what happened to Ozark. That, so that's you're not gonna see it's very rare on streamers to see shows get like five six, seven, eight, nine, ten seasons like you you wouldn't bat an eye if the next network television show that's popular you know does pretty well because you know they can go ten seasons without really batting an eye even though production does go up but there are ways you can cut corners. Streamers really don't, I mean, they have the money to do this. It's just they don't want to invest into it because it's way too much. And they, yeah. if, if the juice isn't worth the squeeze in terms of getting new subscribers, they're not going to make season 15 of Stranger Things just because right. there's a dedicated fan base to it. And, yeah. you know, I, I feel bad kind of for Seinfeld. I'm glad that it's on a streamer. But I think Netflix is probably the worst possible streamer for Seinfeld to be on because it doesn't really mesh with anything else that they really offer.
2: Right. No, I agree. I agree. Well, and, and that's why you're seeing like uh, season 24 of Big Brother and um, what 30 seasons of Simpsons and, and how many? <laughs> oh, but those are Big Brothers. Been?
0: You know, Big Brother it's and Survivor. Those are easy to make. They're, they're cheap, cheap to make. Yeah. People want to be on those shows because right. they, you know, nowadays especially people get on shows so they can springboard into a career of, of digital cop content, you know, where they don't have to get a normal everyday job because now they can get popular on a show and then they can turn that into their career. And that's, you know, so, you know, my wife and I watch, you know, the the stupid cheesy dating shows every once in a while. And that's what people get on. They love getting on there and they don't care how they look because they know it's going to springboard them off into some popularity that, you know, whether they, They get 15 minutes of fame or a 30-year career. They don't really care because it's taking advantage of what's available then then and now.
2: I saw so many Instagram stars. Don't ask me why. I had a rough weekend. I watched a couple innings of the Celebrity All-Stars softball game before the (laughs) real big game was last night. And there's so many Instagram stars in there. I mean, I wasn't expecting Tom Cruise to walk out and play. But, you know, (laughs) we were getting into the Instagram stars a lot more than some of the other um, people so it yeah. Interesting.
0: yeah it's it's interesting well
2: hopefully you know Seinfeld finds an
0: audience I mean I'm, I'm sure a show like that will always find a home somewhere I just wonder if it's better off on like a, a peacock or paramount or you know HBO because I think your audiences maybe appreciate it a little bit more I don't know if the Netflix audience really appreciates Netflix I think we talked about this when it first debuted and it was in the top 10 Chris but yeah. It, it, it's not stayed in the top 10, and it, it oh, never yeah. is going to trend that direction. But um, obviously, we watch it, and we do a podcast about it. But,
2: uh, well, I mean, you know, we, we like it, to
0: show. Yeah, yeah
2: I think like to show. I, our hope is, this is on Netflix, maybe more people that are under our age would say, oh, yeah, yeah I, I saw Netflix passing by on mm-hmm. Netflix one day or something. So, yeah, very good. Hey, uh, we are over a normal time, so let me do a real, couple real quick promos before we get out of here. Um, tonight, I'm taping a bunch of cetera shows with my, uh, Paul and Joe Frost. We've got a good guest tonight. I, you guys probably haven't heard of him, but check the show out. Um, Matt Hammett, he's a uh, rock singer and a speaker. Um, he left his rock band to spend more time with his family. Well, around the same time, they have a child that has half a heart. Um, he was born with half a heart, uh, and he's just spent his life fighting. For stuff. Well, just this past week, they released a movie, uh, documentary about this family, what they're going through, uh, called Bowen's Heart. Uh, it's uh, for free right now on Tubi. I I don't know why I have Tubi, but it was on my one of my app things. I watched it last night, and my gosh, bring the tissues out because my wife came out. Why are you crying? I'm like, this is sad uh, because. <laughs> a yeah, uh, really great story well long story short matt uh, Hammett is scheduled to come on our show tonight to talk about yeah. the documentary check it out even if you don't know who Matt Hammett is uh, great great family very raw very emotional sometimes you see his documentary and you're like oh this table looks perfect no they went for a bunch of stuff he uh, he went for some tough mental issues just you know being a dad of a of a child that's suffering it's it's tough. So yeah, check that show. I'm excited to talk to Matt tonight. Uh, we've got other goofy topics to talk about. I haven't even thought about what to do yet with that, but we'll we'll figure it out and we'll have some goofy talking. In we also tape our Steelers show for behind the steel curtain. Um, Lord, it's July in the NFL. Nothing's going on in the NFL. Yeah, we'll figure <laughs> out something to talk about. Um,
1: Especially talk- in Canton.
2: Yes. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. Getting ready for the big Hall of Fame. I. Uh, L- Laura's works with the Cantoners. Well, you know what? Let's say it. Laura is one of the Cantoners. Yes. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I got to talk to Laura and her her friends. Well, her friends. <laughs> that sounds demeaning. Her fellow coworker editors in Canton because uh, they got the parade coming up, and Laura got a great yes. idea. We got put that parade on CantonRep dot com, and we'll, millions of downloads. So I, I, I'm trying to get to Rick and. I talked to Rick briefly, and Rick seemed very hairy today.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, Rick, it's, man. uh, yeah, we have a lot of, we had a lot of training going on and stuff yes. and so, Rick, Rick.
2: Rick was busy, and I saw Rick, um, during a training session we both had to go to, and Rick looked <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So, yeah. I like Rick, Rick's fun. So, all right. And then, Craig, you got, um, George and Bob coming. No, no
0: Bob this week, actually. No, he had Bob a, this uh, week. Dang I think I, I kind of think that Bob's like a secret crime fighter. He's going on a secret mission to North Carolina this week. So oh, okay. unfortunately Ooh. he had to cancel. So uh, we'll have to be on the lookout for any potential uh, crime thwarted in uh, North Carolina and the masked vigilante helping him out. But uh, we'll get back at it here with Bob in a, in, in a little
2: bit. Well, well, Craig, you and I are friends with Bob on Facebook. You know what happened on Facebook last time, Bob went to North Carolina. A lot of shirtless oh, Bob and hot tub pictures. So I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, very good. Like we'll to we'll have to be on the
0: lookout for more uh, more adventures in North Carolina with Bob.
2: Yeah, if I ping you tomorrow, work uh, be right. well, I probably should <laughs> send for work. It might be not safe for work. So, we, we'll, we'll send yeah. for the Facebook. It'll be all right. So. All right. Anything else to share or yell about? Or... No, I don't think so. I, I'm enjoying my office today. It's been loud in the house. We got air conditioners working over just a little bit crazy and um and it's been loud. Just Our hours temperature
1: out. dropped here. It's now only eighty eighty eight
2: point three. <laughs> well, I'm in the shade. I'm in I'm in my garage. I got the door open. I'm waving at people walking by. It's it's great.
0: It's only ninety nine here with a feels like with a feels like temperature of one hundred and fifteen. Oh my gosh! I mean, this is—I can't even tell you how crazy this is. Because when we first got down here in January, it was cold, and I'm like, "Is it really different than Ohio?" <laughs> well, this is like—I think closing in on day 40 of 90 degrees or more temperature like 40 straight days and i'm not joking and it's going on to in the next week with (laughs) temperatures raising above the 90 degree threshold so it is very warm now i don't think it's supposed to be this warm all the time but it's uh it's like take your breath away hot down here yeah
2: We're going to a family reunion in Indiana this weekend with some relative from Nashville. So I'll have to ask him about their heels. Cool. They'll give me something to talk about. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Cool. <laughs> really appreciate it. So, All right. Well, hey, thanks for everything. Thanks for checking us out for the first three seasons of Seinfeld. Laura and I talked about this the other day. I think season three was kind of up and down, a little bit of coaster, some really great highs, some really low lows. But I don't know. Like they say in some of his videos, it'll get better. Uh, season four is coming, so it should be good. So. All right. Well, Craig, thanks for leading us. Uh, For Craig and Laura, this is Chris. Thanks for checking Seinfeld. We'll be back next week. Have a good one.
1: Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley.
2: Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you.